Welcome back to another edition of Broomsticks and Butterbeer. <laughs> I try to mix it up a little bit at the beginning of each episode. Yeah. Just yeah. to throw you off immediately from the beginning. And then we never recover. No. We just go immediately off the rails. And then we know what we're in for. If we try to steer this thing along the tracks, we're going to give people false hope that we're... Like, not going to just go off on a tangent and talk about stuff that has nothing to do with Harry Potter. I like to think that they like playing their pop culture bingo. And they like it when we go off. Nobody's won yet, though. (laughs) (laughs) This is Broomsticks and Butterbeer. You cards, right? I don't know. What? (laughs) I may have forgot. Uh, It's Broomsticks and Butterbeer. Yeah, that's us. Uh, I believe it is a chapter-by-chapter discussion of the Harry Potter novels, novelizations, novelatory. If you didn't already know that, you're on the wrong episode, go back to the beginning. Yeah, you missed a few. Yeah, just a couple. I wonder what number we're on now. I'd have to, because we're we're numbered by the books. I guess I could count up like how many chapters have been in the the books so far. Yeah. We'll have, yeah. an in, we'll have an intern do it. That's like hey Kelly. That's below our pay grade. Kelly's a little busy right now. Not yet. She's not in labor, as far as I know. Yeah, she's trying to have a baby. So, uh, broomsticks and butterbeer, a chapter by chapter discussion of the Harry Potter novelatory excursions. I'm Dan Rhino. I'm Jessica Rhino. And we are getting dangerously close to the end of Harry, the never-ending Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, and. Before we talk about chapter 32, we're going to talk about what happened last time on chapter 31. And we kind of mentioned this on the, at the end of the last episode that the chapter we're going to talk about today is kind of a big one as far as the entire story when we talk about... Uh, Daniel, it, was a, it wasn't a big chapter. It was a, sh- a small chapter. Well, as far as word count and page numbers, it was one of our... Sh- smaller chapters but as far as impact on the story and as far as kind of the the aura that we are going to have around these characters going forward this is kind of the line that separates us from more youthful theme content to more like young adult theme content is that fair to say yes there's definitely this is definitely a a changing point i don't want to say a turning point but changing point so, I'm reading the books for the first time, as you all know. I've seen the movies, and I remember particularly this movie. I'm like, oh, uh, the Twilight guy's in it. Oh, every, you know, everybody's, you know, we're having fun, we're doing these these tasks, it's, you know, people are snogging. <laughs> it's great. Oh, God. And then all of a sudden, like, a switch gets flipped. And, like, the lighting in the movie studio gets really dim. And there's this one point in the movie, which is basically the point in the book here that we're going to be talking about today, where stuff just gets real, like, real quick. Yup. Yup. <laughs> so, we're not, I'm not overselling that point. No. No, this is definitely a big, big change. So before we get to the big change and the big stuff that's happened, let's uh, review chapter 31, the third task. Harry tells Ron and Hermione that everything that happened, about everything that happened in Dumbledore's office, including the Pensieve, 
Ron and Hermione are helping Harry prepare for the third test by practicing his hexes. The Daily Prophet has another scaling article by Rita Skeeter about Harry. Nothing new there. Uh, Hermione thinks she has an idea about how Rita Skeeter is getting all this information. We don't find out just yet. The four champions are force-fed a uh, hometown buffet of food and not given a chance to digest it before they... they don't, they're not force-fed. It's just there. The final task is a pumpkin patch type corn maze with the Triwizard Cup in the middle. Cedric almost gets burned by a blast and it's Scroot. Harry walks through some psychedelic mist. Victor tries to ki- kill Cedric. Uh, Harry solves a silly riddle and Cedric and Harry discover that friendship is magic and agree to grab the cup at the same time. Yeah, I feel like they regret that decision. Well, let's talk about what happens. Chapter 32, Flesh, Blood, and Bone. And when Cedric and Harry grab the cup, it transports them to another location. Turns out, Jess, the Triwizard Cup is a port key. What? Which we became familiar with. I believe for the first time earlier in this book, yeah, at the beginning of the book, when people were getting transported to the Quidditch Cup, way back in the earlier chapters, almost doesn't feel like it was the same book. Honestly, there's just so many things have happened between now and then, and there's just been so many different things going on in in this book, and none of them like of super importance, mm-hmm. but. There's just so many, like, ancillary, like, side quests going on. Like, we got, we had, like, the Quidditch Cup, and then we got the Triwizard Tournament, and then we got the Rita Skeeter stuff, and then we got, like, the Hagrid Giant stuff, and then we've got, like, the flashbacks to, uh, you know, the, the Pensieve with uh, Ludo Bagman. We got Ludo Bagman's, all of his, you know, betting shenanigans going on and then we've got uh the mr crouch stuff and mad eye moody and just all kinds of just nothing really kind of taking precedent over anything else but just a lot of different stuff going on with you laying it all out like that i just got a thought i'm like well it's a lot of it's a lot of setup for this changing gears in the story a lot of that stuff you're mentioning, you know, comes into play going forward. And so, yeah, I guess it's kind of like... It's like we've been setting the table for a long time. Yeah. And it's time for It's almost dinner. like this is the first book of, a, like you said, switching over to like a YA series, setting up the whole next part of the story. It's like the on Super Bowl Sunday... They start talking about the Super Bowl about 9 o'clock in the morning, <laughs> and the game doesn't come on until about 7 o'clock at night. Before you actually get to like what you want to see, we're going to get ev- we're gonna make sure you know every little detail and get everything set up for you. Or as my brother would call it, Seta. Seta. And if you don't know what we're talking about, Mark go back and uh, listen to another episode. Card. So it turns out the Triwizard Cup is a port key, which transports... Cedric and Harry to a desolate graveyard. Yes. And... With an old house up on the hill. Not exactly how they expected the glory of the end of the Triwizard Cup to kind of come to an end, right? Yeah, they kind of don't think it is the end. They're like, is this part of it? Is this the next phase of the task? Nobody mentioned this. 
did you know it was going to be a port key? No, I didn't know. Did you know? No, I don't know. Sounds like a whole... They're very confused, let's just say. Yeah, Cedric and Harry are, are both confused, and Cedric even says, wands out. You know, like almost like, be ready for, for anything. So that was going to be my question. At this point, do you think the two know that something isn't quite right? Or do you think that they believe that this is part of, like, the continuing challenge of the tournament? I think they're pretty much ruling it out. Like, I think they know something's wrong, but they're just going to kind of check with each other first. Because they've, they've kind of had inside information that they've been sharing back and forth through this whole tournament. Right? You know, so they're both, but they're both kind of like, well, if you didn't hear anything and I didn't hear anything, then this is not part of the deal. I think. So I, I think they know something's wrong, but they wanted to rule it out with each other first. So a shadowy hooded figure is approaching Cedric and Harry. Looked like it was maybe carrying a bundle of robes or maybe a baby. Yeah, I love how that, like, they kind of stood down a little bit. I'm like, oh, there's somebody hobbling over here with a baby. Oh, it's just a, We can lower our defenses uh, and, uh, in this creepy, dark <laughs> graveyard. An old shambling man and That we were basically abducted to. It's fine. It's all fine. The hooded figure gets closer, pauses for a second, and that's when Harry's scar begins to hurt like it's never hurt before. Never. And before we know it, Kind of that, this is like the line of demarcation here between kind of innocence and more adult-themed content. The, sh the hooded figure casts the killing curse. And just like that, just Cedric Diggory is gone. The guy from Twilight? The guy from Twilight. Oh, I thought he was around for the long haul. He is not. He... Let's loose the mortal coil. He is dead. Yes. Just like that. Just like that. And it's almost... It's like the, the killing curse is, is, is such a... Um, like such an abrupt thing. You know? It's almost like... Um, it's not like... Shoot, you know, not trying to make anything like too graphic or anything. But like shooting somebody. And they, like, slowly bleed out or something like that. It's almost like you just kind of flip a switch off. Mm -hmm. And they're gone. Like in the... Like some movies when they talk about, like, the, the person just, like, cracks the neck. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they just drop. Mm -hmm. Kind of kind of like that. Mm -hmm. It's like the wizarding equivalent of that. The snapping a neck. And Harry is just in severe anguish from the, the scar pain. And can't even, like, process what, what's happening here. Yeah. He, yeah, he's, like, he, on his hands and knees. He threw up. That's how, how much pain he's in. Mm -hmm. um, he's got his eyes closed. So he's kind of putting it all together. He hears the curse. He sees the green light. He hears the thud. It isn't until a little bit later that he opens his eyes. The pain kind of goes away a little bit. And yeah. he can open his eyes and, and kind of. But, but he kind of already knows what happened. But he. Can't. But it's hard for him to even process what, you know, what's going on. He, mm -hmm. I mean, he had just, he's just been, there's probably a little discombobulation from just being transported via port key in, in the first place. 
and then just everything that's ha- that's happened so quick it's hard for for him to to process everything but harry gets pushed up against a large headstone we said we're in a cemetery here which just so happens to be the grave of one tom riddle yes and the hooded figure the one who just murdered cedric None other than Peter Pettigrew, a.k.a. Wormtail, the loyal servant of Lord Voldemort. So, I know it's probably kind of hard for you to think back to the first time you read this, but... And for me, having seen the movies before, I can't really talk about like what my initial impressions were, were, were when reading this, because I knew this was, was happening. It's coming, yeah. You know, there's not a whole lot of... Imp- you know, uh, implicit detail that I remember about the movies, but this is one. This is one scene in particular. What kind of, like, emotions do you process as a reader when something like this happens? And like I said, this is such a pivotal point in the in the books where, and I don't know, maybe you can compare it to, like, other books you've read where there's kind of this one way you're thinking of the story and then all of a sudden just a totally different tone to the uh your thoughts and feelings toward the story um yeah i'd like to start with the can't talk all of a sudden uh it's just it's so intense and i knew what was coming what we were about to read and i knew i was gonna have trouble not picturing the movie because it just kind of gets so seared into your brain. This scene in particular, like, because it is so important, it is so pivotal, it's almost traumatizing. You you remember this. You remember all the details from this scene, from the movie. And I wish, you know, I could block it out more and really just read, you know, what's in the book. But I knew I'd still be picturing that. As far as other books, the first thing I thought of when you said that was um, The Hunger Games. When they save, spoilers y'all, when they save PETA from the Capitol, but then he turns on Katniss. Yeah, it turns out he's been brainwashed and And that being aggressive toward her. That was really like one of the most shocking moments I can remember in a book Mm -hmm. where I was just like, oh my gosh, wait, what's happening? And the way it's portrayed in the movie, too, is very... Intense. The way it's filmed, it's very intense, very aggressive. Um, actually, my Kindle battery died at that point. Just from the the, the in, <laughs> intensity of <laughs> the intensity moment. Of I was like, wait, no, what? And like, I you were like, on 20%, and then you went down to zero. Zero, it was just gone. <laughs> it was all gone. It's like, and then his hands wrapped around my throat, and black. I'm like, wait. What? Like your can your Kindle requires being plugged in to an AC outlet in order to <laughs> complete. This I was book. running through the house trying to find the charger, and then had to sit next to the wall to finish the chapter because it was it was bad. I was like, "What is happening? I don't understand." Um, that's a good. That's a good. Uh, that's a good analogy intense. there. Good. Uh, this one, I don't comparison. know that it was quite as shocking. I think I knew what was going to happen from, you know, I didn't read these as the books came out. Mm -hmm. So there were spoilers along the way and whatever, you know, and so I think I knew what was going to happen, but it's still, it kind of just happens. 
The other one would be another Hunger Games reference when Fennec died. And you're just reading along, and they're all getting out of the sewers, and he's just gone, and you're like, okay. And they just keep going like nothing happened. And mm-hmm. it's like, wait, no, wait, wait, go back. <laughs> That's where you really get the you really get the the impression, or you really get the feeling that like this is war, mm-hmm. and this is what happens in war. You know, sometimes you lose your loved ones, and you... there's no pause. You don't get to. Process right. it, There's or no do time anything. to mourn. You just There's go no time right to on. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the books I just recently read, they was like this whole. Her friend got shot with an arrow, and she had like this whole like ten minute, five page, six page thing go on where she was mourning for him and crying and no and processing the whole thing i'm like what's everybody else doing right now because there was like three people shooting three different groups of people shooting at each other and now we're just not doing anything i was so confused it was just very unrealistic and it just didn't make any sense so this is more realistic but it and just like you said war it's very shocking Mm -hmm. you just you don't have time to process it and harry doesn't have time like you said harry doesn't have time to process it either because Wormtail conjures these restraints to hold Harry against the headstone, and and Harry is, for all intents and purposes, just helpless here. And Wormtail pulls a huge cauldron near Harry, which is never a good sign. No, you don't need a cauldron that big. <laughs> what not- he said it was big enough for a full-grown human to sit in. You don't need one that big. Foreshadowing. Yeah. And it becomes obvious that. Wormtail's about to brew some evil concoction here, and it's also becoming obvious that whatever is in those robes is indeed alive and is indeed creepy as heck. Yeah, he's Terry. He's, he's not in a good place. So, what is in those robes, Jess? How do you, how do you describe I don't it? Know. <laughs> I mean, I I unfortunately, like you said before, kind of have. Just the picture in my head of the, the little creep, the version. movie, the little creepy little version of Voldemort. With the big <laughs> it, was, <head>. <laughs> <laughs> it was in the movie, and it also kind of reminded me of that uh, the alien from Men in Black that was in like the big suit, but then it opens up and it's a little tiny alien. And the galaxy is on Orion's. But, but, but what is word? <laughs> It kind of looks like that little creepy guy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't... So this one, it says that it looks like... I don't even say it doesn't really say a baby. Like an infant crouching? Why? Is, I don't know why it's crouching. How do you hold something that's crouching? Um, But it's very frail and skinny and scaly and bony and... It did say that it, the hands and legs were disproportionate. So, you yeah. know, I was thinking of, like, Deadpool when he has the baby hands <laughs> or the baby legs. <laughs> it's like somebody left Voldemort in the dryer for too long. Yeah. So, the creepy alien baby gets thrown in the cauldron. And here's like, good. Good riddance. And, Drowned in there. Right. <laughs> and And that's kind of dark, but... Given where Harry's at right now, he's like, wouldn't it be like kind of awesome if that thing just didn't come back up? 
<laughs> like that, like, because you it's know. It's kind of dark right now, but that's where we're at, babe. Nothing good is, is to come this, of, no. of, of if the baby does emerge from the cauldron. So now we come to the witch's brew being, or I guess warlock's brew in this case, being cooked up by Wormtail and how it relates to the title of our chapter, Flesh, Blood, and Bone. It seems that these will be the ingredients to somehow rise the fallen Dark Lord um, back to um, wholeness? Ish. Ish. Wholeness-ish. <laughs> yeah. The bone component, I kind of, I had to ask you about as I was reading it. Uh, Wormtail's kind of, you know, doing this like seance almost as he's dropping these things into the, the cauldron. And Wormtail says, Bone of the Father, unknowingly given, you will renew your son. So, the Tom Riddle grave that we're at is Voldemort's father, Tom Riddle, right? Yes. So, he's like Tom Riddle Jr. Yeah, we're I at think like, the middle names are different, so it's not technically a junior. So, is that why they called him Tom Marvalo Riddle? Mm -hmm. To differentiate between the, the two well, of them? And then you need the extra letters to spell Lord Voldemort. Gotcha. So. Well, yeah. <laughs> you need those letters. You can't really do it with Tom. I was watching the Saved by the Bell reboot, and they said the first thing you should do when you meet somebody is check to see if their letters rearrange to something that proves that they are evil, you know, conspiring <laughs> against you. Just in you. case. <laughs> so, like, if somebody, like, oh, the new kid showed up at school, they rearrange the like, letters wait, in his name. what's your middle name? And it turns out that it spells like uh, Spy from Valley or something like that. <laughs> That's the first thing you should always do when you meet somebody, yes. Jess. Get see, that middle Rearrange name. it and see if it doesn't rearrange to anything evil, you're probably okay. I'm not good at that. Like, I can't. I, my brain just doesn't rearrange. You'll put it on paper. You know, see. Get a dry erase board. That'll probably help you. Yeah. I think. So... We're at Voldemort's dad's grave, and what are they pulling up like bone dust particles from the dead dad's body and put it in the cauldron? What are we really doing yeah, here? Yeah, I think his bones have already gone to dust, so uh -huh. that's what you they end up getting up when he calls for. Yeah, so it's not like they pick up. pick up like a femur or something no, and dropped it in no. there. Daddy's been gone long enough that it's just dust, and probably probably wasn't in a like a high quality coffin or something like that to prevent the decomposition yeah i don't think so so we're just getting like some bone dust particles there's the bone component the flesh component wormtail says and this is he really gets nervous about this part because this is his contribution <laughs> flesh of the servant willingly given you will revive your master and wormtail chops his hand off yeah he's already missing a finger on that hand <laughs> what i mean it wasn't wasn't worth anything anyway <laughs> He's like, well, 20% of it's gone already, so. Might as well. So he had to put his whole, he couldn't just do like another finger? Uh, do you think that was discussed beforehand? Yeah. Like, Master, I've given one of my fingers to the cause. I shall give another finger. <laughs> no, Wormtail. <laughs> you shall give your whole hand. I think it is more symbolic of, like, you're, you're serving. Your you know, servants need their hands to serve and do things for their master. So mm. I think it's just more symbolic of that. A, probably, a should, pinky. probably should have done the whole arm then, just to make sure. No, the arm's kind of useless. 
Well, the hand can't have the, the hand. hand. You can't, need ha- the hand. can't have the hand. Uh, have you seen the little hand the that walks around in the monsters? In, in the is that the Adams family or the monsters? Oh yeah. Ooh, I was getting those know. mixed up. I, don't know. <laughs> I think it's Adams family. Okay, well, there's a Isn't hand that, that walks around. Is it called thing? Yeah. If he had an arm to drag around, that would really limit his mobility. Well. It's just the wrist. It's fine. You know Adam's family is not real, right, Jess? It makes sense, though. Does it? <laughs> Does any of it make sense? Yeah. Your hand could get up on its fingers and walk around. All right. So, the, <laughs> the flesh, Wormtail's hand. And finally, blood of the enemy, forcefully taken, you will resurrect your foe. And Wormtail takes some of Harry's blood. Uh, I believe they said it was like from his arm or from like his forearm or something like that. I guess this is like an ancient spell and all whatever. It seems a little counterproductive to chop your hand off and then still have more to do. <laughs> like that should be the last thing you <laughs> yeah. do. Yeah. Like why couldn't he do the hand thing last? He probably or co- he probably could have, but he didn't think it through. Or at least like get the blood, put it in a little vial, set it aside, then chop the hand off, and then put everything in. Like gather all of your ingredients mm-hmm. together. That's, that's part of the scientific method, Jess. And then put it in. Yep, that's so, part of the scientific method. He did it out of order. <sighs> He he he. You know, he did them in order, but he didn't get all his stuff together. Well, first. he he did his his did his experiment. It's out, out of order. Unnecessarily difficult to have to do things after. It was your hand it off. was uh, especially when he has to like try to put the robe on later and. <laughs> yeah. He's got a, just a stump like, on one side. Robe me. <laughs> he's like, dude, <laughs> dude, I'm bleeding out over here. You can't robe yourself. a little yourself. woozy. Little woozy over here. So we get a little bit of Harry's blood. Apparently, he's like in a little vial or something like mm-hmm, that, and then mm-hmm. they pour that in. And not long after, we didn't clean the knife either. These are not. I mean, do you think we? I mean, it's not a very sterile environment either. Do you think we're really caring about like well, gangrene you want or it anything done right. like that? <laughs> Boil the knife until you it just, reaches like, dip a. Dip it in and wash it off. <laughs> shake, stick it in the water and shake it a little of, bit. Uh, however many degrees to sterilize. Yeah, nobody's wearing a mask or anything like that. There's probably all kinds of... Uh, Wormtail's definitely going to need some, some uh, like a Z-Pack or something after Tetanus this. Tetanus shot. <laughs> a lot. He's in the, maybe a rabies shot. I don't know. I don't know what's in that uh, What's in that graveyard. It's not, it's, not a, it's not a sterile environment. Not a good place to be doing a, a seance like this. No. Definitely not. And not long after just a super gangly... Super pale, super naked, Lord Voldemort <laughs> rises from the cauldron. Ugh. Dashing all of Harry's hopes and dreams that he kept I hope it goes wrong. I hope it goes wrong. I hope the thing drowned. I hope the thing drowned. I hope it goes wrong. No. Sorry, bud. So after living on the back of a professor's turban. Being swaddled sur- like a little baby. Surviving. A creepy baby. Surviving on unicorn blood in the forest. Living vicariously through magical diaries. It's been quite a journey for old Voldemort, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. But it seems for... It's the closest he's been to being... He's not back to full strength yet. 
but it's, but he has a body now. It's it's the closest he's been since he actually reigned over the Wizarding World. Uh, you know, those uh, over a decade ago. So um, he's got a body though, and that's not a, that's not a good sign for those of uh, those of the Wizarding World that are on the uh, the light side, so to speak. It's not really a good sign for anybody because he's not really doesn't not- really treat his his followers well either. They no? think it's a good thing, but they wrong. <laughs> I mean, the fact that Wormtail just chopped his hand off and he's bleeding out and, like you said... Robe me. <laughs> robe me. Like, bro. <laughs> I need... I'm gonna need a minute. <laughs> I'm gonna need a minute. Uh, and that's pretty much the end of our very short chapter here. Yeah, it was super short. Which I was kind of excited about. It was nice to kind of have a, just the... A short chapter just to, yeah. every once in a while, just to kind of uh, recoup a little bit. And this is, a like you said, a big moment, but I also don't like breaking up this scene. Like, I kind of wish, it kind of just stops the flow. I know it's like a, it's, it's the moment. Mm-hmm. He has returned, and it's the dun-dun-dun, cut to commercial, you have to come back. Makes you want to re- the see the next episode, read the next chapter. But at the same time, too, this whole thing, this whole scene in the graveyard goes together, and I, I don't like that it's chopped up. Mm-hmm. Plus, every chapter in the that we've read so far, seemingly, has felt like the, like the, the silly putty, just way-stretched beyond any reasonable amount of stretching that needed to be done. And then this one is when you want a little bit more, mm-hmm. you, don't you don't get, get it. it. And I think, I don't know if it's the next one or I was just kind of flipping through the end and there's a couple more like really short chapters and we're just, I think we're just adding to the dragging it out. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's kind of been the theme of this book. <laughs> dragging Drag it out. out. Dragging <gasps> it out. I see what you did there. Uh, I got. I don't have any emails this week. You can always send those, those to us, broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com. But I do have one last thing that I'd like to do. Um, but I wanted to make sure, is there anything else you wanted to add to this chapter or to comparisons to the movie or anything like that? Nope, I'm good. All I right. just want to keep going. Well, I'm going to borrow the soundboard here because I got something um, special queued up. And um, before we go, Jess, can we have a moment to... Talk about Cedric Diggory. I remember when he dropped out of that tree in the opening scene of the movie. We have a moment to remember the young man who made it cool to be a Hufflepuff. We just take a bit of time to memorialize the true champion of Hogwarts. A young man who feels Harry deserves a Quidditch rematch uh, when Harry falls off his room. A young man who decides that to share the glory of grabbing the Triwizard Cup with Harry third task. A young man who valued fairness above all else. A young man whose death was anything but fair. Jessica. A young man whose death was seen as insignificant to Voldemort. 
as he instructed his minions to, quote, kill the spare. Though his death may have been a tiny speck of luminosity in the eyes of the Dark Lord, the life of this young man will shine with the luminescence of the brightest stars in the sky. Especially to us, fair and just Hubble Puffs. Goodbye, Cedric Diggory. We'll never forget you. How about that? It's beautiful. Thank you. Touching. Uh, If you feel like this has moved you uh, in any way to just be a better person, uh, let us know. Send us an email, broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com, or tweet us at broomsticksb. Uh, I guess since this was kind of a short chapter, maybe ask you what you're reading right now besides... uh, Old Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Well, as you well know, I just went on a reading marathon Mm -hmm. for two days. So did Jennifer. She was up to like three in the morning the other night. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She she was finishing the book about an hour before I got up. Um, The new latest Sarah Moss book... Mm came out the sequel to her inner crescent city it's a big one too it is but mostly just because they didn't bother with the bible pages it's just on par for her 800 pages that's just her normal her normal normal book these days it's a very dense book it is she she kind of drags it out too though because she has to add a bunch of scenes in there that i don't think are necessary you get that page count up, babe. Yeah, no, she's got to give certain people what they want. Mm. Like Jennifer. Mm. It's um, a family show, keep it clean. I'm trying. But uh, yeah, I finished that. And I'm just now picked up a book that Jennifer's been trying to get me to read like since I had COVID. She sent it to me as like a sorry you have COVID present. <laughs> and <laughs> I was sick and had... <laughs> I was sick and had a fever. Like, it, it just, like, appeared on my Kindle one day. And I don't really use my Kindle hardly at all anymore. I use my phone mostly for the books I get from the library. And I just totally forgot it was there. And then she was just like, you never read that book I sent you, huh? And I was like, oh. Never opened that Christmas present we sent you, did you? Yeah, see, I, I gotta let that go because I didn't read the book she sent me. <laughs> Apparently, Jennifer just found the Christmas present that we sent her. Yeah. And as we record this, it's February. The end of February. End of February. But she says she's going to make those cat treats, the little recipe I sent her. So maybe maybe we need to ask her how that went. Yeah, we'll wait. But we'll, she's been busy. We'll she's been busy reading that book. So that's my, my current read. All right. Well, my current read is Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Oh, how's that going? It's going all right. <laughs> We're getting toward the end here. We cover chapter 32, Flesh, Blood, and Bone, today. We'll be back with chapter 33 next time and find out what happens now that the Dark Lord is back. You have the Grim. (laughs) I just felt like pressing that button. That's fine. Uh, Thanks for downloading, listening, and subscribing. Until next time, I'm Dan. I'm Jessica. And we'll see you then. Bye.
you 